Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people who are recording on time tonight. Look at us go. I also gotta say, I like came out really fucking hot. Like I opened my mouth to do the intro and the voice that came out was not quite the one I was expecting. <laughs> but I feel really on right now. You are the most on right I'm now. I'm the most on. This it's is a gin martini. It's my <laughs> I'm only like maybe like half an ounce into my double martini. I was only going to make a single, but then I have a couple blood oranges that needed to get used. So in order to use two ounces of blood orange juice, I had to make a double. Yes. So here we are. Here we are making good choices. Making good choices. And you want to know what else was a good choice that we made this week? What's that? That would be the television that we watched that we brought to talk to you about. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) so um i'm gonna start off this episode with a gripe we have been talking for a little while about wanting to get back to some cottage life slash cottage life uk Mm -hmm. so we went to netflix so that we could procure that good good content for you and you want to know what those fuckers over at netflix did those fuckers they got rid of all of our good good content they got rid of it. There is no more projects on Netflix. I just want to raise the red alert right now. I saved the last episode for when I would really need it, and now it's gone. No! You didn't tell me that part? I know. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. I know. I'm so sad for you right now. Uh, it's just a good reminder that I need to watch that season of Bake Off that we've been saving, just in case. Yeah, that's probably true, but it's no brojacks. <sighs> Anywho, uh, so we had- It's a to- goddamn fucking outrage. I just want to make that very clear. <laughs> it's an <laughs> I wasn't done Netflix, being upset. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> what the fuck have you done, Netflix? What Bring us done? Canada. <laughs> Don't make us go there to get this content. Please don't make us go there to get this content. That's <laughs> Kirstie, you could drive right. like 30 minutes to go get this content. <laughs> yeah, but I have to go there. But you could. I could. You could do this for us. I'm going to like do go to the border crossing and be like, oh, excuse me, ma'am, what's your business in Canada today? I'm going to be like, um, I need to watch some TV. <laughs> you guys are withholding all of your good, good content. Yeah, be fine. <laughs> It wouldn't be any weirder when we had to cross the border to be like, oh, we're going to go buy a wedding dress, maybe. (laughs) If you want to freak out a young male border crossing agent, tell them that you are en route to buy a wedding dress. (laughs) I had to do that border crossing four times. Every single time it worked like a charm. It sure did. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. So what we actually watched was some backup content that is cottage life adjacent. Yeah, British cottage life, as British we like to call it. <laughs> cottage life UK. Yeah, that's not actually a network, guys. We made that one up. Yeah, it's, it's a network that's... in our hearts. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched... <laughs> God, we watched 
a show called Cabins in the Wild with Dick Strawbridge. Dick Strawbridge. (laughs) And Will Hardy. Don't forget. I have a lot of questions about our good friend Will Hardy. (laughs) I have no questions about our friend Dick Strawbridge. I totally get his shit. He knows who he is as a person. <laughs> we're we're going to get into that a lot. Yeah. And then we were supposed to watch um small So this was gardens, supposed to be big dreams an episode that was a bag of dicks which <laughs> which is a story we should tell. <laughs> But <laughs> that was going to be the red thread. So we were going to watch Big Dream Small Spaces with Monty Don. Monty Don! <laughs> but he was too much of a snooze fest for us to actually watch it. Yeah. So I, the reason I bring it up, because we're not going to talk about the show at all, but uh, there is another Cottage Life UK show with a wonderfully named host, and his name is Monty Don. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. instead... Instead, we're bringing you a house show called <laughs> House Doctor with Tracy <laughs> Metro. I was, just, I was reading my notes where I'd written down the title of the show. <laughs> and I called it House Doctor in parentheses, how can I help? <laughs> <laughs> and I was reading it in my head as if that was the full name of the show. <laughs> Mediocre White House Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. Doctor Treat House. Yeah, that's kind of like your Roomba name. Doctor House Treat. I got a Roomba this week, and I named it Dr. Treat Pierce. (laughs) (laughs) And I really like it when I get notifications on my phone that say things like, Treat Pierce MD completed the job. (laughs) Or, Treat Pierce MD right wheel error. (laughs) Oh. Oh. It's good. It's good stuff. It's so good, we're not even going to explain it. No. <laughs> I mean, if you get it, you get it. If you've been listening to this show and you don't understand why my Roomba is named Treat Pierce MD, <laughs> then you haven't actually been listening to this fucking show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Let's check in with our good, good pal, Dick Strawbridge. Yeah. So Cabins in the Wild. Yes. Is a show in which it has a very complicated premise, but let me try. Yeah. Uh, So people submit designs to build cabins in like a first round that we don't know about. And then we see the 12, 8 or 12, something like that, finalists. Eight. Eight. Build their winning designs to together create a pop-up hotel 
and then they get pitted against each other in each episode, but then somehow they're all, nope, the winners are up for consideration, but they're all part of the hotel? So there'll be eight, I believe, that go to the final episode. And in each episode, there's two. So I, I think, with my loose understanding of the world around me, it's like how a bracket works. <laughs> yeah. So, like, two face off and yep. one moves on. Look at you with this topical March Madness content. I tried! (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Yeah. Um, And each episode appears to have a cabin theme. Yes. And then the hosts are also making a cabin that is not up for competition. Somehow. But, but like, not (laughs) in each episode. Right, it's over the course of all four episodes. I guess. I think. Which is maybe somehow going to be involved in the cabin competition in the final episode. Yeah. And by pop-up hotel, I can only imagine what they mean is they're going to have, like, because they're tiny homes, basically. They're, like, built on trailer bases. Yeah. So they're going to have, like, the eight, you know, cabins, quote-unquote, like, trailers in one assigned location. And then it's, like, Airbnb, like, instant hotel all over again. Yeah. But they're moving them every month or something for the year. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, that's also a thing. Because I thought they were in um, the redacted location. I'm redacting it until the I moment we are. choose to reveal it. Um, <laughs> that's how we do. <laughs> I thought the whole season was in redacted. Uh-uh. supposedly they move but it may be after the season ends like it may be like step two is when you go to stay in them so this is Mm. all promotional for when you go i don't know gotcha they spend like the first 20 minutes talking about premise and i still didn't get it it's i did not understand until maybe when they revealed the cabins how exactly it would be a competition it's still like a loose competition i would say it's i think we talked about this probably a couple times in british television but definitely when we did our great british bake-off episode like way way back in the day Mm -hmm. but british tv does not interpret competition the same way american tv does well what this actually reminded me of most which is gonna sound stupid but work with me sure was um of course, I'm not going to think of the fucking name of the fucking show. <laughs> the crafting show. What the fuck is it called? Oh, um, fuck me. I <laughs> make this. No. Make. Make. Make it? Make, no. Make me. <laughs> make. Mark me. Um, <laughs> mark me. <laughs> mark me. tweeting like all day today. Make. Making it? Isn't it making it? Maybe. Make, making it. <laughs> Oh boy. That's the one. Making it. We got okay. there. <laughs> so it reminded me of that, okay. partly because it's like a handcrafting uh, premise, I guess, but because, and I know that's based on Bake Off, which is why I said it was stupid, but <laughs> their guidelines are a lot more loose than Bake Off. It's it's a lot more similar to what they're trying to do here, which is, like, use this budget to achieve this thing, but it can be whatever you want it to be. Oh, I missed the part where there was a budget involved. 
It's an $11,000 pound budget. Uh, <laughs> dollar pound? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah, and so each cabin has to have a kitchen, a bed, a wood stove, and a bathroom, and it has to be as big as a truck, which basically means it has to be portable like any tiny house that moves. Yes. I think that's all the criteria. I didn't even know there was criteria other than being on a trailer hitch. No, there was definite criteria. I did write that down before I spilled all over my notebook. (laughs) Can I read you the one review that's on IMDb? Um, It's a three-paragraph review, so I'm only going to read you (laughs) the paragraph that pertains to this particular part of the recap. Yeah. And it says, It's not a very interesting, quote, competition. Eight random competitor competitor build weird impractical little (laughs) caravans most of which would be too leaky and drafty for whales some of the stoves don't have chimneys and there are baths and sinks with no plumbing some of the competitors just quote design the cabin and get someone else to actually build it Mm -hmm. yeah that was my biggest beef i didn't beef with that actually i found that to be a very practical solution Well, I just want to know, like, if it's a tactic related to spending budget, Mm. then I'm interested. But if it's, like, you can either have people work for you or you can do the labor yourself and it doesn't impact your budget, then that's not interesting to me. Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. They didn't make that clear. They also never spent the time to be, like... How much did you spend? They were just like, they came in at their budget. Good job. absolute favorite part of it, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but, um, so the format of the episode is like, Dick Strawbridge and Willie Fedora Man, whatever his name was. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) They, like, wander around Wales and talk about the theme a lot. Yes. And they, like, poke their heads into some cabins. And then at some point we're introduced to the two competitors, and we see their drawings, and mm-hmm. then off and on, we splice back and forth between watching their cabins being built and watching Dick Strawbridge and Willie Fedora look at other cabins. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to the last, like, three minutes where they do the actual competition. Yeah. And they so they, like, move the cabins to the site. So you see that gets set up. And then... Dick Strawbridge looks at the inside of the cabins and then is like, and now we'll do judging. And while he's talking about whatever, these three people walk across a lawn. Yep. And we're never introduced to who the three of them are. Oh, yeah, no. We are never introduced to what the judging criteria is. Right. We just see a panning shot of the three of them walking across the lawn towards one of the cabins. And then Dick Strawbridge is like, and the winner is... (laughs) (laughs) the judging is about as official as the judging in our family baking competitions Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is like what rando that we know is around today to eat food like that's exactly what happened here (laughs) it's like there's nothing there's nothing like we have a team of designers nope and they said it's good right there's not like the criteria is cabinness. <laughs> They're just like, and now there's judging, and the winner is. Yeah. Dick Strawbridge, like, 
alludes a lot to how the cabins have to be, um, like, luxe and Mm -hmm. uh, cozy at the same time. I would say in, like, the same way that any reality show likes to throw around buzzwords, but in the way that Stay Here in particular did, where, like, Genevieve Gorder just, like, touches sheets in stores and is like, luxury, the five-star experience. (laughs) (laughs) You were so offended by that. (laughs) I just don't think I can personally relate to the five-star experience for the five-star guest. Let's just say I've never been in a tax bracket to be referred to as the five-star guest. Okay? I just had a whole sidebar in my brain. (laughs) I was thinking about how you threw infinite amounts of shade at their Instagrammable moments. And yet we spent, like, eight years of our lives making a fucking flower wall for our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if we want to be technical, I don't think a single person put a picture of that on Instagram. I did. You put a picture of your Polaroid. Of it on Instagram. You're the one who wanted to do Polaroids instead of just let people use their phones. I'm just saying that my five-star guests have the (laughs) five-star experience of engaging with the moment. (laughs) Alright, your Polaroid moment. (laughs) My Polaroid moment. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Anyway, this is a Oh boy. Um, so should we talk about the the cabin themes? Yes, please. So as a preview slash cross-promotion opportunity for our new show, <laughs> Our Watch Has Ended, which you can find on iTunes and perhaps some other places that you listen to podcasts, but unclear. Uh, the themes for these cabins were dragons. How and if you recall... There's dragons on Game of Thrones, we think. Last So, hour. yeah. <laughs> There's your cross-promotion. <laughs> there you go. Go subscribe to our new podcast. Yeah. We're only releasing old content right now, but there will be new content. There will be new content mm-hmm. when there's new content to release. Ugh. That might kill me. It's fine. It's fine. We're not talking about that right now. It's fine. So anyway, we're talking about dragons. Yeah, so the first cabin the of the dragon cabins <laughs> was based around a dragon eye shape, and it looked like exactly that. It was like one eye that was open and the window was the eye, and then it kind of shaped like an eyelid would, I guess. And it's like and it rounded was, and swoopy. Yeah, and then he put like metal scales on the siding, and then the inside was like black. And it had and, this, like, lattice work roof mm-hmm. that Dick Strawbridge was, like, Kevin McLeod level excited about. Oh, yeah. And so that one, like, I got the dragon theme. Mm-hmm. The second one was, like, a smokestack. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, 
Or a spaceship, I think. Whatever you want to choose. Willie Fedora described it at some point as a barrel. Yeah, it was like they decided to make it a two-story cabin for no reason. So they put it on the trailer hitch, so it technically is like the trailer size. But then they stood the trailer up vertically so that it could be like a two- or three-story tiny house. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, like... It must be so fucking narrow. Like, they did a good job when they did the um, the final tour of sort of hiding how narrow it is. But it must be, like, uncomfortably narrow. Well, like, practically speaking, <laughs> a cylindrical narrow tower is, like, not the best use of space in pretty much any circumstance, right? No, no. Unless you're building a fucking lighthouse. Like, I know... <laughs> <laughs> It's fantastic. (laughs) I wrote a note about fantastic in the next episode. (laughs) It all comes full circle, just like a cylindrical Airbnb. Oh, yeah. So, I never got the dragon reference in this one, but they called it a dragon something. Uh, I think... Because they kept talking about how, like, it was on three feet, and so that was, like, the feet of the dragon. What dragon is three feet? Well, then they had to put a fourth foot in there for (laughs) the structural integrity, and there was, like, a whole section where Willy Fedora was, like, they wanted it to be three feet because we referenced it nine times in the voiceover, but now it's four. They were, like, not the most apt... Uh, architects no. that you've ever seen? No, it's like two dudes. I don't know what their relationship is, but they're like 21 and 23 or something, and they had been architects for all of like five minutes. Yeah. And they were like, look at us go. Right. The other guy was super interesting, though, because he didn't have like design drawings. He yeah. had a two-scale cardboard model. And he did everything himself. He was actually like kind of legit. Like he was I would super legit. If the whole competition was people like him, I'd be a little more interested. Yeah. Well, and I suppose I don't. I haven't seen any of the other episodes, but I suppose that's at least what's interesting about those two in competition with each other mm. is that like there's the one guy who like doesn't even have drawings and spec sheets. He just like goes out there with his cardboard diorama. And, like, hand cuts 300 stainless steel sheets. Yeah. And then there's, like, the two college-educated dudes who, like, hire people who do, like, wood bending. Right. Who build the whole thing for them. Yeah. It's not quite a dichotomy. What's the other thing when you're opposites? It's an opposites thing. <laughs> I think there's something better than opposites. Uh... I, I, don't, I don't know. But it's they are hard. in contrast? Nope. Competition? <laughs> That's what this is, right? <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, One of my favorite things about this episode that taught me a lot about Dick Strawbridge and what this show was, was in the beginning, where they spend, like, five minutes talking about what a cabin is. <laughs> <laughs> and they use this 
log cabin. Uh-huh. And so it's like Dick Strawbridge talking about American pioneers and he says Minnesota with a British accent, which is like my new favorite thing. <laughs> it was like just so delightful. So and good. then he talked about like it's just like Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Where am I? And like it led to some questions that were unanswered about like did the UK not experience a log cabin phenomenon like I don't know maybe not let's find out <laughs> like but then why was one there are there log cabins in the UK <laughs> is that something that we as a culture can <laughs> say that we made where Logging did Jamie on. learn to make one Britain's uh, log cabins <laughs> oh I bet these are these are all modern. Mm. <sighs> I don't know. Dick Strawbridge just seemed to have a lot of ex- like knowledge to it's share about log cabins in the UK, the prairie. <laughs> <laughs> it appears that there are some old timey log cabins. Okay, perhaps. But then why were we the frame of reference? The history of wooden houses in the UK. And, like, do British people know what Minnesota is? <laughs> because I barely know what Minnesota is. <laughs> do you, yeah, I guess I'd like to know how much British people are taught about, like, American history. I will say that I um, had forgotten St. Paul was a city until I learned about it this week. For sure, sure, sure. reasons, and I was mind blown. Um, I did just learn, speaking of history... That the oldest house in what is the modern day United Kingdom is almost 11 and a half millennia old and was made of wood. That is wild. That's really old, y'all. Your shit's so old over there. I'm surprised it's not a cob house. (laughs) Um, But that it's not a log cabin. Um, So it would appear in Cambridgeshire they had log houses. Okay. But some of these pictures are more like the Tudor homes and, Mm. you know, other types of, like, wooden homes, but not what we would think of as, like, log cabins. I was just fascinated that, like, the immediate reference for cabins in the wild was... Log cabins? Log cabins in Minnesota. (laughs) But sure. You know, there are a few things that maybe we did okay Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Lincoln Logs being one of them, apparently. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> um, is it time to reveal Redacted? Yes. Yes, please. You can do the honors. Okay. So, uh, this section of the competition, <laughs> at least this episode and next episode, I don't know about how much of the season, takes place in Wales. Mm-hmm. And it takes place in a location in Wales called Snowdonia. Snowdonia. Snowdonia, which is a mountainous region in northwestern Wales and also a national park. No shit. Yep. There you go. Snowdonia. Like, why hasn't Hallmark purchased this area? (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, when I realized that it was called Snowdonia... And that that was, like, legitimately its name. I had a moment where I replayed all of the jokes we've ever made about the mm-hmm. naming conventions of places in Hallmark movies. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit like, my bad. 
Do you know there's Mount Snowdon in Snowdonia National Park? I like it. Also, it is hopping right now because Google tells me it is busier than usual and it is almost at like peak daytime uh, busyness, even though it's like two in the morning right now. So there may be a rager going on at the Snowdonia National Park. Hot diggity, y'all. I know. Y'all can fucking rage. Like, do you see this? It's busier than usual. What's going on in Snowdonia National Park? I want to know. It's only a nine hour and 24 minute flight. Let's do that. Let's, that's, oh, wow. That seems... It is busier than usual. See? Wow. It's busier than it is at like noon. Should we be alarmed? Is everything okay in Snowdonia? Do we need to like check in? Maybe. If you are listening to the show and you live <laughs> anywhere in or around Snowdonia, can you please just like let us know that everything's okay? yeah so we learned a lot we did um any other thoughts do we need to move on uh so the dragon's eye guy won i don't think we said that no um there's no judging criteria so we don't know why right but his was better like it was objectively he had a revolving bed Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, like, made into a weird sex thing for the most part. Although they kind of alluded to it being a weird sex thing. It's because Will Fedora liked it. <laughs> it's true. He So he goes in, and he's showing off the space, and he talks about the revolving bed, and he lays in it, and he's like, it has this view of the vista, and if you rotate it, it makes a private cozy area <laughs> with a little view. Like, we're like, for sex! <laughs> the sex (laughs) it's private so you can be naked (laughs) um the last thing i wanted to say yes is that you know how we talk all the time about how our favorite thing about kevin mcleod is his sensible outerwear yes so my favorite thing about dick strawbridge is the way in which he's like the antimatter kevin mcleod he is. He speaks in poetic monologues. <laughs> He's the entropy, Kevin McClure. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> My headphones just like flew into the abyss. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh boy yeah that really kicks the wind out of where i'm going with this (laughs) sorry so my favorite thing about dick strawbridge is that he wears a barn coat but not only is it a barn coat it's a barn coat with corduroy elbow patches and not only is it that but it also is stained and easily 45 sizes too small for him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it tells you a lot about Dick Strawbridge. Everything you've ever needed to know about Dick Strawbridge is in his facial hair and his stained barn coat. And his, like, uh, woolly sweaters. <laughs> Yes. 
which he somehow like piles in beneath the barn coat. <laughs> yeah. We don't know how. We don't know how. Uh, it's been like a really big month at Hate Watch with us for barn coats. Mm. Mm-hmm. For men and barn coats. Men and bar coats is a real treat. They're a real treat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. So, I don't know if I'd ever watch more of this show, but, like, I'm a little curious about what the other cabins are like. Oh, I for sure am going to watch more of this show. Okay. I don't know when exactly, because I've got just a real snowed-in mountain of content. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I, I loved this show. It's... Good knitting television. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those things that, like, if you go to Netflix and you don't know what the fuck you're doing, you can just put it on. You do not need to pay attention to anything. No. And you still get it. Yeah, especially, like, it's better than HGTV in that sense because, like, while that's true of HGTV, because there's, like, actual judging and stuff you have to pay attention to. But this show, there's, like, nothing to pay attention to at all. <laughs> No. It's like two cabins enter, one cabin wins. You know the other thing That's I didn't it. understand about the format? So they take what? you in, like, Great British Bake Off style. They take you on, like, multiple tours of cabins, as mm-hmm. you said earlier, to, like, define what a cabin is. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand why we needed so many of them. It's because they're getting inspiration for their cabin. Oh, okay. Because they yeah. go to, like, seven. Yeah, they go to a lot of cabins. Yeah. They're all better than the cabins that are in this country. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, But yes, I would absolutely watch this again. And if you need something to get you through, if you're stuck (laughs) in an airport, if you're knitting, if you just need to put some shit on, put this one on. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. Um... A show that is worse, but I may watch more of. <laughs> I definitely paid more attention to this one. I don't know where that falls in terms of a rubric. I I don't know. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to have a lot to say about Cabins in the Wild. <laughs> Here we are. Buckle so. up, y'all. Buckle up. It's my edit, so it's got to be long. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we watched... House Doctor. House Doctor. (laughs) Which is a show about, it's like a very standard format that I've seen on HGTV and I've seen on other British reality TV. And it's like, let's help these people sell their home because they're not good at staging their home to sell. And that's the problem with why it hasn't sold. It's like design on a dime, Mm -hmm. love it or list it. Um splurge or save or something like that. Buying and selling. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's that one about... What's that British one? Another staging show? Yeah. I'm only thinking of titles with, like, Genevieve Gorder and Sandra Mono. No, she didn't do staging. There was a British one, and I watched, like, more than one episode of it. And it's like... I don't know. Anyway, anyway similar concept. There's people, a lot of staging yeah. shows. There are. The gimmick with this one is that it's an American interior designer. Yeah. <laughs> who's 
helping them. How can I help? (laughs) Save their homes and sell them. Yes. And the intro features the line, sometimes you need to let an American over the drawbridge. Nope. 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 And, like, the Tower of London's in the background. It's weird. No. It's weird. Um... So, yeah, it's like, if your house isn't selling, call the house doctor. Yep. And it's... And she is somehow better at it because Americans, I guess, stage their homes more than folks in the UK. That's how what they try to get at. I don't know, like, if that's based in any fact, but I would argue it isn't. <laughs> I mean, it's probably true, factually, but, like... It just seems like a weird premise for a show. Like, here's this really arbitrary, bullshit, hyper-consumerist thing that we do in the United States real estate market. What if we did it here instead? Yes. So this show, I think, is, like... I'm trying to figure it out. Like, it felt dated to me, but I don't know. I think... So what I'm seeing now is it was... Oh... I just learned a lot of stuff while you were talking, and I'm waiting very patiently <laughs> to get there. I have, like, a lot of questions. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it originally aired in 1998, then it aired in 2003 to Unclear, and then it was a revived series from 2016 to present. Yes. And it's possible there's been other hosts? Yep, there was at least one other confirmed host who was also American and also from California. Her name was Anne Maurice. Yeah. Um, she was the old one. Now there's... She, the Tracy's the new one. Tracy Metro. So Tracy, I think, is from the 2016 version. Yes, that's correct. So it's not as old as it felt. <laughs> and the reason that it's called House Doctor is because that's what, like staging or like otherwise like freshening up your home is apparently referred to in british english oh like doctoring it up yeah (sighs) it according to wikipedia it says the popularity of the show has lent the word house doctoring to british english lexicon Uh... which is similar to the american term home staging Google Google helped. <laughs> yes. Google helps sometimes. You guys make fun of how much time we spend Googling on this show, but now you learned a thing. <laughs> Everyone learned a thing here. <laughs> so, in this episode, we f- meet this family who just has so many kids in such a small house, and why did they have so many kids for such a small house? Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have a very small house. <laughs> it is a very small house, but in the way that, like, all the houses in the UK are small, even when they're in, like, sub-developments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, we meet them, and they have shown their house 45 times mm-hmm. in three years and have not sold their house, and they just don't get it because they're in a neighborhood where other houses are selling quickly. Yep. And Tracy, yep. that's her name? Yep. Just kind of barges on in in her American way. Yes. She's very American. <laughs> yeah. And decides quickly that she needs to fix the living room slash dining area and the princess-themed master bedroom. Yes. And her 
voiceover, which I think we'll get to, yes. uh, says, like, just like us judgy Americans, yeah. buyers make a decision in the first 30 seconds or whatever. Like, it, it's aggressively leaning into how American she is. The number of times she ends a voiceover line with, to this American. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or, like, in Los Angeles, we do this. You could, like... You could play a drinking game where the only rule was to drink two references about being American, and I would actually have to, like, legally advise you not to play that game so that I don't get sued when you have to have your stomach punched. <laughs> it is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So she picks these two rooms, which is, like, a very HGTV-type angle to be like, let's just only do these two and the rest, like, can well, fend so, for themselves. Yeah, they do the tour of the whole house and are like, the whole house sucks. These two rooms matter. Right. Which has always been the loophole. Yes. Uh, so they talk a lot about what they're going to do. They take them to some other houses in the area to show them, mm-hmm. like, a better idea. And she's... Very into the phrase, like, give the room point of view, which literally makes no sense. She talks constantly about how the room needs a point of view. But that's, like, not even the phrase that an interior designer should be using, I don't think. Well. Like, I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. Just learned about Tracy Metro that (laughs) she began her career on Broadway And in television. Yeah, she sure did. So, I mean, I have You could tell from that outfit change that we will get to. We will get to. (laughs) I would say, having not seen her resume, that interior designer could perhaps be similar to the way in which the Scott brothers (laughs) are real estate agents and contractors. Hey, no. (laughs) I believe that they know a little bit more than Tracy knows. I mean, they legitimately have their licenses, but they only did it because they wanted to be actors. Well, look how far they haven't come. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Can I read you a line real fast? Yeah, of course you can. You can take this wherever you want it to go because the premise here is loose. (laughs) (laughs) So this is in an article... Um, about, uh, it's titled, Who is Tracy Metro? We unveil the secrets behind the house doctor's new host. Yes. I'm assuming it's, it was probably as juicy in the UK as it was here when, um, what was her name? Sandra, Sandra. The trading spaces person? No, um, house hunters, the original house hunters. Oh, the voice lady. Sandra. I keep coming up with Sandra I know Day, but she, I don't think I that's know right. who you're talking about. Anyway, when she left, remember how everyone, like, flipped their shit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it was, like, a similar thing mm-hmm. in the UK. Um, so, anywho, um, this is from the end of the article. And it says, as she replaced Anne Marie on Channel 5's new series, blah, 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 Tracy has spread her magic across the UK. Oh. Sure. Uh-huh. Sure, sure, sure. Um, And then they're describing how she saved some woman from her old house that she couldn't sell. sell. And it says, Metro renovated this room with some nifty tricks. 
all coming in at whatever budget. Mm-hmm. Tracy proves that huge transformations can be performed on a tight budget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, the choices that she makes. Mm-hmm. So, I guess that's where we can go. That's where we're going. Yeah, so, sh- part of giving the room POV. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> this magical thing. So, Tracy decides, like, she can help by making some paint changes, mainly. Yep. Uh, because it's a very beige house, so in the living room she paints two accent walls Mm -hmm. and then two neutral walls. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of, like, has some vague ideas about separating the dining area from the living area that you don't really see until the end. And then she wants to take this, like, bookshelf from Ikea, and if you look around your house, you have one. Yep. Yep. Um, everyone has one. It's those square ones that, like, the baskets can fit in and whatever. Yep. Those things are fucking heavy. Yeah. Everyone in the world knows they're heavy, and she's like, I want to suspend it from the wall. Yeah. Guys, haven't you ever put a shelf like that as a floating shelf? Right, and then she's upset when they tell her that it's too heavy to be a floating shelf on, like, a normal wall. I had a lot of questions about that, because they were like, it's sheetrock, we can't do this. And I was like, but doesn't your house still have studs somewhere? But that's a really fucking heavy shelf. But like That big, long one? Yeah, but, like, studs. Just get a really long screw. (sighs) I don't know, maybe it's a cob wall. I, apparently. <laughs> apparently anyway, all the new build in the UK is Cobb. That's the premise that Grand Design set forth, and I am going to accept it. Yep, that's my headcanon now. Anyway, so she gets mad about that, which is just dumb. But that's, like, most of her change in the downstairs area. And then in the master bedroom, she decides that they need this aggressively patterned and colored wallpaper mm-hmm. on one wall. Uh, she that's describes also it as shiny and sexy. Mm, yes, and then she decides they need a headboard, and that's like mostly it in there too. And the headboard uses doorknobs instead yeah. of buttons, and she talks a lot about how luxe that is. So, like, I don't know if you've ever hit any extremity on a doorknob before by accident, but it hurts. And, like, I can't imagine anything worse than, like, sitting up in your bed and hitting your head on multiple doorknobs. And, you know, I so I have, like, a fundamental personal allergy to home staging as a convention. And, like, hmm. maybe we'll get to that. Maybe we won't. <laughs> but, but, like, you're not gonna buy the headboard so just put the fucking buttons on it so like the people who came in we'll get to like the people yeah but the people who came in like multiple ones they had them say like oh that headboard i really like the headboard as if that's a fucking decision in your home purchase yeah so they did the thing where they choose three people that the production team hired and they have them come in and do the tour before and after like we're all over the place yeah, and they As just people. feed them the script to justify what they're going to do to the house anyway. So they mm-hmm. come in and they're like, the entryway is really dark. The walls are really empty. It doesn't look like anyone lives here. Beige yeah. is really boring. And then in the after, they're like, oh, it's brighter. 
Oh, look at the headboard. Right. Although she did do nothing in the entryway after all that. I So I have multiple gripes about a couple of the things that they chose to have their, like, hired folks say. Yep. So that was one of them, is they make a BFD about the entryway. I suspect that was an editing error. So I suspect they filmed a bunch of shit about the entryway and then at the end of the day either didn't stage it or did but decided not to use it for narrative reasons. Yeah. But, like, maybe didn't have enough footage from the rest of the shoot or whatever and ended up leaving in too much about the entryway. Mm Mm-hmm. But not having enough to finish up with that. So that was one thing. They talk about the entryway a lot. And then they go to a comp home and they're in the entryway and they're like, see how much brighter it is? Because it had like a plastic crystal chandelier, but it was equally as dark. And I was like, I understand that you have a narrative point that you're trying to push here, but don't fucking gaslight me. Mm-hmm. Don't gaslight me about entryways. <laughs> the other thing that came up during the home tour that like really pissed me right off is um one of the things and i again i think this was an editing error that tracy talks about a couple of times is the home not having any personal touches yeah this is a problem for two reasons the first one every other home show the real estate agent or whoever the fuck walks in there and is like there are too many personal touches you need to make this more general yep buyers can't imagine themselves here So there's that. The other thing is they have one of the people touring the home doing a talking head saying that there's nothing on the walls and it doesn't look like anyone lives there and it's very impersonal. And behind her, you can see children's artwork, layers of children's artwork. There's multiple hanging lines of fucking finger paints because they have Mm -hmm. 95 children. (laughs) And then all of their art is on the wall. And I was like, listen, producers, you asked that rando to say that line on camera. You could have picked any other fucking wall in this house. Yep. Any other fucking one. Yep. Yep. You could have taken that fucking clothesline down. You could have taken the clothesline down. <laughs> the attention to detail was lacking. Yeah. I also have a lot of questions what was the May-December relationship that was happening in one of those couples? I couldn't tell. I, like, at one point I thought, like, she was the buyer and he was the real estate agent, and then I thought it was the opposite, and then I just was confused. I could not tell. There was some juju in all three Yeah, of it, the people who went through. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it was... It was bad. And... Uh, I'm trying to just, like, make sure we cover all ba- all our bases here. Like, should we judge the actual decor yeah. Yeah, next? Yeah, yeah. Is that the next natural step? Oh, so step? the whole middle part is the part where they do the project, and she has a team, and she introduces the team, and it's, like, a whole thing. That was some of the, like, worst managed parts of the episode. I have, like, a s- miniature gripe for this section. Okay. About how gross it was that they had to include stuff about how she, like, had to bribe her team yes. to get them to work well there was, for Yeah, her. there was a whole weird thing about how she had to buy them ice cream because she's hard on them. Yeah, and she's like, now I have them wrapped around my finger and they'll do whatever I want. I'm like, this is gross. She also snuck in a couple of gross things about, like, heteronormative relationships where, like, someone made a joke about how she never shuts up and her- she cuts in as voiceover and says, just ask my husband. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, like, there's just a lot of nothing, but all of it's weird. 
I did appreciate, quote, grumpy old Dickie. <laughs> yeah, that's her, like, is he, like, the foreman? Kirstie, like, this the episode is a bag of dicks! <laughs> it's all a bag of dicks. It's a bag of dicks! For my birthday, Kelsey sent me a tiny little baggie of little <laughs> knitted dicks. <laughs> with a little tag on it. That says bag of dicks. <laughs> I have never purchased anything so fast in my life. <laughs> also, if you out there have the knitting pattern for a bunch of teeny tiny little dicks, can you send Call that me. to us at hate watch with us? Yeah. <laughs> Hatewatchwithus at gmail.com. <laughs> we need to know. Anyway. Um, anyway, so, so yeah, so we get, we muddle through this weird middle section that's, like, super weird, and everything about it is strange. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the, the reveal. The big reveal? Yeah. Yeah. So, in the living room, she did the painted walls, right? Yeah. And her only other contribution is basically adding orange pillows. Mm-hmm. And, like, throw blankets. <coughs> yeah, they took some other random furniture out to, like, make they it They got rid bigger. of the table and got a better table. And got a different table. But, like, their beat-ass couches are still there. Yeah. And my absolute favorite thing about it is that room has a door. Mm-hmm. That you can, like, open and close. And she- Is that how doors work? <laughs> well, you know, just to be clear. Well, I think because- it's not a decorative door. I clarify is because it's, like- expected in both that home and one of the comp homes in the same neighborhood that it's a dining room. Yeah. And, like, dining rooms with doors are weird. I'm just being specific. I don't know. Okay. I think so. (laughs) I've only lived in so many houses that even have dining rooms. So what do I know? No, they're weird here. I've been in, like, a European house with a dining room that had a door, and so, like, that Oh, felt okay. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a cultural issue. Yeah. 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 Um, so, anywho, um, so it's got this door, and they keep showing people walking into the room and, like, opening the door, and she rearranged all the furniture and, like, potentially put in new furniture, so there's a bookshelf on the wall that the door opens onto, mm-hmm. and in every single shot... You can see the people opening the door and the door hitting the fucking bookshelf. The door oh. does not open all the way into that room. And the whole problem with the room was that the way they had it set up made it look too small. And so it's like, blah, 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 blah. and nothing makes a room <laughs> feel fucking smaller than not being able to open the goddamn door all the way. You are right. I'm not buying a house where I open the door and I'm like, well, fuck, why doesn't this door open? <laughs> No, that's fair. Mm-hmm. It's very fair. So there was that. Yeah. Oh, last thing. One of the comp homes, I forgot to say this in the middle part, they show a bunch of comp homes. One yeah. of them she describes as having a stylish kitchen as they pan over laminate countertops and a tile backsplash that was white, blue, and orange. Yes! Yes! That happened! And she's like, this stylish kitchen is modern and whatever. That's where I 100% believe this was from 2003. Yeah. Oh, fair. Fair, fair, fair. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. No, 2016. Right. At the latest. Um, Yes. And then the bedroom, they painted, 
Was that also white besides the wallpaper? I think so. Yeah. And they put this bed up against... I actually think it was, like... It was so weird the way they did it, but I'm almost sure that they hooked the fake headboard up over the um, the heater. That's correct. So there's a radiator in the room. Yeah. And grumpy old Dickie <laughs> built the headboard so that it had, like, a rail above and below the radiator. So it essentially, like, floats around the radiator. And then the bed is up against it. Which is, like, not a good idea for any room to have your bed against the radiator. Just... It's a fire hazard. It's really bad for energy efficiency. Uh-huh. And it's dumb. <laughs> and it's just really fucking dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. Like, especially, it's like a box radiator. It's, like, not yeah. a, a base unit on the, on the ground. No, it's like a and, modern radiator. Yeah. And so that was a life choice that I feel like they walked in and they were like, oh, why did you do this thing that you did? Can we also, though, talk about the fact that there was, like, I mean, this is essentially new build. It was only eight years old at the time of filming. So it's, like, a modern place, not, like, an old European townhouse that they had to upgrade. Yeah. And they chose to put in these tiny little radiators. Yeah. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know either. I thought radiators were something that we had moved past. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That culture shock, though. Yeah. But what I'm getting at with the bedroom yes. is that none of their choices were better, necessarily, than what they started with. No. <laughs> and she was like talking this big game about how their pink walls were going to offend buyers and like maybe they were but putting a aggressive pattern wallpaper is not going to help you i don't think no when i bought my house i put it we (laughs) obviously we gave our real estate agent a spreadsheet obviously (laughs) obviously we took the time to make a spreadsheet outlining the things it it had categories that were like um deal breakers like would consider like minimum preference bonus i think and then there were like all the things underneath um and in my absolute deal breakers was wallpaper just you couldn't look past it i was not going to fucking take down wallpaper we lived in an apartment when i was a kid where my mom had to take down wallpaper and i had to help someone in a classroom that i worked in take down wallpaper And it, like, fucks up the drywall. It's sticky. It's smelly. I don't like doing it. I wasn't going to do it in my entire fucking house. Right. So, if anything, they lost me as a buyer. That's fair. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. Yep. I was willing to take paneling over wallpaper, because at least you can paint paneling. You can. It's, like, basically shiplap. Yeah. (laughs) Sick burn, Fergus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, This just reminded me because the, so the wife of the couple was the one who painted the master bedroom pink. And she, like, made a couple comments that were kind of lost in the editing about not liking the color blue. Mm -hmm. So there was something going on there. But can we talk about the fact that the husband changed outfits a couple times? But the wife wore the same pink and brown polo. 
the entire she, episode. She wore the same polo the whole time. I thought he wore the same thing, but he had a sweatshirt and then took it off. Oh, maybe that's what happened. Yeah, but so speaking of outfits. Sure. Can we talk about Tracy's outfits? Oh, my dear fucking Lord. Is this, this time? Oh, my God. Yeah, this was on my list, too, because she spends the entire fucking episode talking about the room's point of view and her design eye and American design and how you need a designer and, like, a designer doesn't want to hear that reaction and whatever the fuck else because she's a designer. Right. And then what was she wearing? <laughs> so she was wearing... <laughs> Her consultation outfit, as we should call it, sure, was a black, like, fur bolero <laughs> with a red shirt and a, like, beige skirt with fishnets and red heels. And then she also had this, like, big floral pin yep. and a, like, giant pearl necklace situation. Yep. Which and then was she did so like a, much a dramatic outfit change and was like, "Yes, I'm gonna get to work." But after I changed my outfit, and then she like goes behind the gate and she comes back out and she's like, "I changed my outfit. Now it's time to work." Right. And so then she's wearing jeans and like these brown, like not leather boots, mm-hmm. and a plaid shirt and a fucking white sweater as if you're going to do work in a white sweater. Well, and not only was it a plaid shirt, but it was like a plaid button-up with so many ruffles. Yeah, it was like not a flannel. No. <laughs> By any means. It was so ruffled. Yeah. And she had some like Rosie the Riveter hairdo yep. that I think she was trying to get at with her work outfit, and I just couldn't. And it's I not clear couldn't. because there's only the two outfits. And the homeowners have no outfits. How many days this was supposed to take place over? Like, was it a one-day makeover? Was it, like, a one-week makeover? Right. Typically, they tell you the timeline. Well, they also didn't tell you the budget until the very end. (laughs) Yeah. And they never alluded to a budget. And then they get to the end, and they're like, this project came in right at budget. Right. And it was actually, like, a pretty... I don't, I mean, I don't know how much they actually fucking did besides paint, but, like, they spent 1,700 pounds or something, which really isn't that much money. So, like, if that's your premise, that's fine, but, like, build that shit up. Yeah, seriously, get us Make it impressive, like, I don't know. Design on a Dime always did that really well. Yeah. But it was the same budget every episode, so, like, maybe that Mm. is something. Yeah. Um... The last thing I want to make sure we talk about for this episode is the voiceover. Oh my sweet lord. Can you tell us about it? She just... I wish I'd written some of them down, but like about every three lines, she pops Mm -hmm. in and says something cheeky Mm -hmm. in like a cheeky tone of voice. Via voiceover. (laughs) (laughs) Like out of context. Completely. And it's always, like, you know, grumpy old Dickie will, like, say something and she'll be like, what? Mm-hmm. Or, I can't think of anything good. Like, the one time when she was like, just ask my husband. Ugh. And Ugh. all kinds of comments, constantly. This American. This American. To this American. 
It was just so, it's like just a weird editing choice because like no one asked for like the mysterious voice to just appear over people being interviewed to give them sass. Right. We all accept that home television is going to have some amount of voiceover. Totally. But I I don't want the back and forth. Like, I, as the viewer, don't need to have an, like, in real time relationship with the host. Like, no. the host doesn't need to check in with me every couple lines to make sure that I'm keeping up with all the drama. Oh, my God. And, like, someone scripts that shit. <laughs> Not, someone scripted it. Someone had to like negotiate her contract to bring her in during post-production to record it mm-hmm. and then who knows how many takes it took to get all of the voiceover that they needed because it's possible that they recorded some of the voiceover before they knew the final episode what do you think her uh, voiceover outfit was um i think she probably still <laughs> wore the red heels yeah. um i think she So I've seen a lot of different pictures of her wearing various types of wrap sweaters with those belts that are really thick, but then have like the thin pieces and you sort of wrap them around your waist like 45 times and then make a bow. Mm, with like so flare jeans, one of right? Those... What? With like flare jeans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, the red heels, one of those yeah. belts, but silver. Mm-hmm. On top of a, let's say, orange cardigan. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, her overall design aesthetic was tacky. Yes. I think is what we're getting at. That is so succinct (laughs) and fair. And I want to watch more episodes because I'm, like, curious if she decided, like, these people are this type of tacky, so that's the type of style I'm going to make, or if it's her brand. And I'm leaning towards it's her brand because I... I understand, like, how this works, but I'm so curious about what other types of homes she wants to destroy. I've been doing some reading as we've been recording, Mm -hmm. and from everything that I've read about her work, it gets buck wild. Like, she's just really fucking tacky. Yes. What do you think would happen if, like, her and Mary Portis teamed up? Oh my god, I think Mary Portis would eat her alive like a praying mantis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. All I want, like, if Netflix can't give me Cottage Life, can they at least give me more than three episodes of Mary Portis? Why is there more Mary Portis? Should I request that in the Google, the Google, the Netflix request form? Yes! I didn't know there was such a thing. Yeah. Oh my god. I've requested, um, Grand Designs on it, too. Hot diggity. Y'all, we could have been doing a letter-writing campaign this whole fucking time. Yeah, so if you go to help.netflix.com slash en slash title request, you can request whatever you want, including, like, things that already exist but you want more of. You can just slap that shit in there, too. So the biggest thing I want you guys to do right now is to go to that URL. You can hit the back 10 seconds button on your podcast player. And I'm doing I'll... it right now so you'll hear my typing. <laughs> oh, good. I want you to request Brojacks because what the fuck? You can request three at a time. <gasps> Ooh. Um... So I'm doing Mary Porta's Secret Shopper. Yes. Brojacks. Yes. And there's a third section here. What are we missing? Or what do we want more of? Grand Designs? Do we want something else? Mm. Weren't there some other Cottage Life things that we wanted more of? 
The, what was the lighthouse show? Oh, you know what we want? What? Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. Do we don't have that yet? No. Oh. I feel like we do. No. I feel like I've watched it. Not on Netflix. No, you're right. We had to, like, pay for it or something. Okay. Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. Wow. In parentheses, SOS, just for fun. (laughs) (laughs) That is a formidable slate. (laughs) Yeah. So if you ever want to just give it to Netflix, that's there for you. It's kind of like... Um, go for grapes. Ooh. Where you just kind of like, when you're mad at the world, you can submit your grapes. You know, I submitted a really good gripe to go for grapes, and it never made it anywhere. You know, every single time they run an ad for it, I think, like, this is the time that Kiersey's gonna have for a moment, and it never happened. It was such a good gripe! It was such a good gripe! And I really thought I understood Alex Goldman in that moment, because it was, like, such a gripe. You, do you want to tell us your gripe? Um, so... <sighs> <laughs> I don't even know. Um, so for there's multiple systems for grading maple syrup. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with that. Um, there's like an international one that most of the countries use. And then there was a system that the state of Vermont used. And in case you didn't know this, the state of Vermont has the strictest maple syrup laws in the entire world. Literally. <laughs> Not an exaggeration. This is a thing that is objective fact. Yep. Um, so that leads me to believe that our grading system was the most pure. Uh as of a few years ago, we were the last place left that was using a different grading system than the international system. And of course, our biggest challenge is our proximity to Canada. And yes. Quebec in particular has all the maple syrup. So there was some pressure economically. So anyway, mm-hmm. the choice was made to switch to the international system. So our grading system changed. And I went from living literally my entire life buying grade B amber to grade B amber being lumped in with grade A, whatever the fuck. And let me tell mm-hmm. you, they're not the same. You're not the same. So for like two or three years, however long this has been, I have been lost and adrift and I can never find the syrup grade that I want. I do miss grade B Amber. I miss it so much. I was reading a grading chart the other day. I was out at breakfast and, you know, that's a thing for breakfast restaurants in Vermont. (laughs) So I was reading a thing and it was describing... um, something within the A grade. And it was like, if you were a fan of grade B Amber, this is the grade to buy. And I was like, false! (laughs) Because I've been buying it, and it's not the same. Amber really was the best, because grade A is, like, a little too light. Yep. And so that, whatever the, what what is it even called now? I don't know. Well, it's under grade A. So I still still haven't adjusted to the international system, so I couldn't really tell you. It's like grade A light or some shit, Yeah, in the old system, each grade had light, amber, and dark, except grade A also had fancy, which Mm -hmm. is mostly what are in restaurants. So especially if you're out of state, if you've ever had real syrup, you've had fancy. Yeah. Which is like basically sap as far as i'm concerned yeah but um i was a grade b amber which is like the second degree of grade b Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but now that is under grade a and it's it's grade a something yeah and like it shouldn't be because a grade a light versus a grade b amber is what three or four degrees separated Mm-hmm. You can't just put them under the same grade and pretend it's the same syrup. They're very different. 
It's like the richness is different. Mm-hmm. The consistency is different. Well, and then if you get into the darker grades, they're different for different cooking applications. And so like a grade C is really good for like caramels. Mm-hmm. But you're, that's like a grade B something now, which Ugh. is also still not the same. No, nothing's the same. Nothing is the same. It was very articulate and very succinct when I put it on Gopher Gopher Grice. It was. It was. It was very well written. Anyway, (laughs) this has been your primer on the maple syrup industry. (laughs) (laughs) It is sugaring season. In case anyone was wondering. And if you rate and review us on iTunes during sugaring season, we'll send you a sampler of Vermont maple syrup. (laughs) Bold claim, but I'm not opposed. (laughs) Who's going to rate and review us on iTunes? (laughs) Besides the few of you who have, who we appreciate. Watch this be the time that we go from six reviews to, like, 20, and then I just spend the next three weeks sending syrup to people. (laughs) Sorry. I'm not sorry. Rate and review us on iTunes and all of the other places that you find podcasts, and then send me the <laughs> safe drop location that you want your syrup sample sent to. <laughs> yes, you can also find us, but not get free samples of syrup uh, on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs or at HateWatchWithUs.com, or you can find our new podcast venture for this last time of suffering uh, <laughs> at our watch has ended um, on iTunes. We are not creating a new website for it because that's too much work. So you'll still find everything in our normal feeds and whatnot. Uh, but if you are planning to watch Game of Thrones or you're rewatching and you have gripes, please use hashtag HateWatchGOT. Yeah. 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 So the um, Our Watch Has Ended is going to be posting our old Season 7 bind-offs through the month of March. And then as we get into April and start looking towards the new season airing, there will be new content in some form. And then we'll have new content every week over on that feed. And most likely we'll have non-Game of Thrones related content still happening in this feed. Yes. Yes. And all of these shows are part of the Thoughtable Audio Network. Uh, there are other shows that are also part of that network. You can find them at thoughtbubbleaudio.com or thoughtbubblefm on Twitter. You can check out Loud Women, which is about the show Th- Shrill. <laughs> I was going to say Thrill. That's different. Shrill. Uh, that's a new one. So go check that one out. And is that everything? I think so. Yeah. Look at us go. Look at us go. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Ah, bye. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, today I started pouring my cereal into my orange juice cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good.